one of the things we cherish most in this country is freedom. We sing about freedom. We fight for freedom. We get very anxious when we sense that any of our freedoms are being taken away. But what if I told you that there was a deeper and truer freedom that no nation could ever give or take away? That is the promise that Jesus gives in the text today, that there is a deeper, truer freedom that only God can give. In fact, it's the kind of freedom that does not depend on our circumstances. Even our own Declaration of Independence begins by saying we hold these truths to be self-evident. Even our own freedoms here in America point to these God-given freedoms that we can experience no matter what our circumstances are. Jesus said in his statement that we just read, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Today is the second of three weeks where we're looking at Christian stories. We're calling it, this is our story. Last week, we looked at the category of Christian stories called being born again. This week, what it looks like to be set free. It's a version of the Christian testimony. And each of the weeks, we're looking at a short video testimony of somebody in the congregation who can speak to this kind of Christian story. Today, I've asked Gina Smith, a member of our congregation, to share her story of being set free and how the truth set her free. She grew up in a household where many lies were told, lies about who she was, lies about who her real father was. And it was as she grew into adulthood when she learned the truth about herself and the truth about her Savior that she began to experience true freedom. So let's watch this four-minute video and hear from Gina before we dive into the text. My name is Gina, and I have been set free. What things in my life has God set me free from? If I'm being honest, first, myself. My way of thinking, the idea that I had to journey life on my own, and he delivered me from what I like to, I coined the fixer spirit because I just want to make sure everybody and everything is okay. And he freed me to focus on myself and how he sees me and not the ideology that I adopted from the world or from my family. He freed me to surrender, to surrender my life to him. I had to let go of this belief that I had that I could handle life on my own. When I surrendered my life to Christ, I realized that every obstacle is actually an opportunity to surrender your life to Christ. And when you're facing a trying time, when you're facing a compromising situation, when you're faced with great grief and great pain, unlike the Gina before, because I know what God has done for me, it brings me great joy because I know what the blood can do. I know what the spirit of the living God can do. 
I know and I've experienced God to be a redeemer of pain, a redeemer of time. I've experienced God to be a healer. I've experienced God restore my family. I've experienced God restore my soul in ways that I didn't even know my soul was broken or breaking because I was handling everything. I was doing it until the point I couldn't do it anymore. God's truth about me, who I am, what I was in, what I allowed, it hurts to know the truth, but it is the truth that sets a man free, not a lie. I often say I can't tell you the truth. I often say I can't tell you the truth while appealing to the lies in you at the same time. And I feel like that's what God was saying to me. I'm free by the renewing of my mind. I am free to truly decide authentically how to feel about things that I go through, things that I went through, things that people, things that people have said, things that people have done. I am free to earnestly decide how to feel about that and give it to, most of all, free to give it to God and trust that um, he can redeem it, he can heal it. I promise you there's nothing like going to God from a place of great grief <laughs> and going to God from a place of, yeah, I feel this way, but I know you got it. Freedom for me is knowing that I have a choice on how to respond to the reality, the real stuff in life. Gina knows what Jesus said, that when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Open your Bible if you've put it away. We're in John chapter 8. We're just going to look at a couple of verses here because I want the same kind of freedom for all of us here this morning that is offered by Jesus that Gina just testified about in the video. So it's John chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What was Jesus talking about there? What is this truth that sets us free? What is this truth that if we know it, we will experience true, deep freedom no matter what our circumstance is. Well, he goes on to explain that there's basically two parts to this truth. One is uncomfortable to hear. Maybe you heard Gina say in the video, the truth hurts sometimes, but the truth sets you free. The first part of the truth that Jesus is offering, the truth that sets us free, is that we are sinners, that we have sin in our lives that we have failed to live up to the perfect law of God. In fact, Jesus goes even deeper on this truth when he says, if you have sin, you are a slave to sin. We are imprisoned, we are enslaved to sin. What is sin? 
Sin is basically just failing to live up to that perfect law. The perfect law of God is this. God designed us to love him with our whole heart, with our whole mind, and with our whole strength. And to love our neighbors, to love the people in the world around us as we love ourselves. In other words, to love people more than we love ourselves, to care for their needs more than we care for our own. The first part is to love God purely, with pure-hearted love, with total devoted attention to God all the time. And the second part is to love our neighbors more than we, we even love ourselves. Is there anybody here who's done that perfectly? Is there anybody here who just your whole life you can look at your biography and say, I've loved God so purely, so wholeheartedly, I've never put anything else on the throne of my life. I've never had any idols. I've never pursued anything that wasn't totally God. And every single person I've ever met, I've put their needs before my own. Raise your hand if that's you. (laughs) Nobody, right? Jesus says, this is the part that's hard to hear. If that's true of you, that means you have sin. And if you have sin, you're a slave to sin. You're a slave to sin. That's hard to hear, isn't it? The people who first heard Jesus say it objected to this. Look with me at verse 33 at how people responded when they first heard Jesus say, if you have sin, you're a slave to sin. Verse 33, they answered him, we're offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? This is interesting, isn't it? Because they had forgotten a huge part of their history. They're like, Jesus, we're we're sons of Abraham. Now, Jesus might have answered them saying, you forgot about that whole Moses part of your history. (laughs) Remember, you were slaves in Egypt. He could have called them out on that. But instead, he pointed to a deeper enslavement that they and we all have. He says, if you have any sin, you're a slave to sin. If Jesus had told this very story right here in the United States of America, we might have had a similar objection. We might have said, Jesus, we're Americans. We enjoy freedom. Didn't you know this is the land of the free? And Jesus would have said the same thing to us that he said to them. Does anyone here have sin? Has anyone failed to live up to the perfect law of God? Then you have sin, and if you have sin, you are enslaved to it because it puts you on the throne of the life, and that's exhausting, that's enslaving. Let me tell you a story that illustrates this idea of how we can become enslaved to sin and selfishness. I was recently interviewing a man here in town for my podcast, and I was interviewing him because he has quite a journey that he went through. He was making millions and millions of dollars, and then he got indicted and arrested and eventually imprisoned for insider trading. And I was interviewing him about his story, and I said, so tell me about the part where you had to go to prison. What was that like for you? And he said, Nathan, you don't understand. I was already in a prison. I was in a prison of my own making. I had to have the biggest house. I had to have the most sports cars. He said he had several uh, garages at his house, and he had more sports cars than he could fill in his stalls. And he went to the car dealer to buy a new sports car, and he ended up buying two of them. I said, that's absurd. You can't even drive two cars home. What were you doing? But he was on this treadmill. He was on this cycle of always needing to be at the very top of his social circles. He had to have the best stuff and the most prestige, and it was exhausting. It actually had enslaved him. Then he said when he went into actual prison, 
he began tasting and experiencing this truer, deeper freedom in prison. He met Christian brothers and he met Christ and they opened the word and they studied the Bible together and they praised God with singing. He said, sometimes, now he's out of prison, he said, sometimes I live here in Greenwich now and I long to be back with those brothers. Think about that. Here's a guy living in Greenwich, and sometimes he gets reminiscent and nostalgic about his days in prison. Why? Because there's a deeper, truer freedom that no circumstance can give or take away. We become enslaved to sin. That's the first part of the truth that sets us free, is recognizing we have sin and recognizing that sin can enslave us. But the second part of this truth that sets us free is not just that we have sin, but that we have a Savior. We have a Savior. Verse 36, Jesus says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The Son, capital S, Jesus. If Jesus sets us free, and he's the only one who can ultimately set us free to this deeper, truer freedom, if he sets us free, we'll be free indeed. We will have this deeper, truer freedom no matter what our circumstance. How would Jesus be able to make good on this claim, on this promise that he can truly set us free? Well, he's the only one who can deal with our sin. He's the only one who can ultimately deal with the consequences of our sin. All of us in our failure to live up to the perfect law of God, we bring upon ourselves not only situational and personal enslavement like I described with my friend here in town, but we also bring upon us the eternal consequences of sin, which is punishable by death according to the Bible. Jesus looked down from heaven at all of us and all of our treadmills and cycles of sin and enslavement and selfishness, and he looked at all of us in love and compassion and mercy, and he said, enough. I will take the consequences of all their sin. And he went to the cross, and he paid the price. He paid the debt. He stopped the cycle so that we could have freedom instead of condemnation. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If you accept and receive what Jesus did for you on the cross, you will have a freedom that nobody can give or take away except for your Creator who has given it freely and eternally. I once met this man who really embodied this truth several years ago. I was on a sandwich mission trip in Guatemala. And Pastor Rafi, who some of you know, he's our mission partner down there. He told us we were going to have a field trip and we we're going to go to a Guatemalan prison. And we spent the day in this prison. And I remember when we walked through the, the big front gates, we walked in and we met this man. I didn't know him. We met this man in there. And, and the only way I can describe him is he was regal, shoulders back, he was tall. And he was very sophisticated, but more than just being regal and sophisticated, he was kind. I watched as we went around the prison, he was interacting with people. He was ministering to people. He was like a pastor in the prison. And I hadn't really maybe been paying attention or something when we met him. I didn't know who he was. I thought he had arrived in the prison that morning just before we had so that he could greet us and give us a tour. Well, then I learned, no, he lives here. 
in this prison. And then I just figured he's the warden or something. But then I learned his story. He wasn't a visitor or the warden. He was a regular old prisoner. In fact, he had been a general in the Guatemalan army during the Guatemalan Civil War. And the opposing army had killed his wife and then accused him of murdering his wife and threw him in prison just to get rid of him. He was wrongly accused and serving the rest of his life in a Central American prison. And I looked at this man, free, ministering to people, greeting us, loving the Lord. And I looked in his eyes and I saw something in his eyes. And it was freedom. Freedom. He knew the truth, he knew the gospel. That we all have sinned, but we've been set free from that sin. And even though he was living in this very compromised position, he had a freedom that nobody could take away from him. It's the truth of the gospel that sets us free. This is what we do every week here from the pulpit at Stanwich. We just point people to that truth so that we can all experience and taste the kind of freedom that can't be taken away. It's what Pastor Bob was doing in the 1950s. Here at Stanwich Church, thank you for your legacy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love for us. And every pastor between him and me now, that's all we've done is we've just pointed you to the truth, the truth that sets you free. You might wonder, how how do you get that kind of freedom? What's your ticket to that freedom? Jesus actually shares it with us. He shares it with us. Maybe you missed it in verse 31. We just kind of slid past the phrase. Verse 31, Jesus says, it's one of the few if-then statements in Scripture from Jesus. What does he say? If you abide in my word. If you abide in my word, you will become my disciples. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It's very simple. Jesus is simply saying, it's kind of counterintuitive, actually. We're like, I want freedom, and so we think we've got to take these shackles off us and go experience freedom. Jesus says, do you want that kind of freedom that nobody can ever take away? Abide in my word. Read this. Study it. If you're not in a Bible study, get in one. If you skip going to church a lot, come on back. Because this is what we point to here at Stanwich. It's the word. It's the truth. It's the gospel. And knowing it, taking it in, saying, yes, Lord, I am a sinner too, and I need you to save me. Knowing that sets us free. It's it. That's the simple formula. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Knowing that in any situation will free us up from those situations determining our happiness or our joy or our sense of being free. If you abide in my word, you will be my disciples. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen.